What's going on, everybody? Welcome on in to another edition of The Voice of Land here in our hot and steamy studios without air conditioning here this evening. So if we look a little sleepy, don't worry. Don't adjust your screens. We will bring the energy and, of course, so much to get into on the Cleveland sports scene here this evening. I'm one of your hosts, Kevin Arnold, alongside me, as always, my brother, Nick Paulus, and our producer extraordinaire, Behind that proverbial glass, Peter Tellup, we are brought to you and partnered with Big Play Productions, of course, as part of the Big Play family network, family of networks, and LPV Productions, and sponsored by Vector Technical, the right person, the right job, the first time, and of course, DP Construction LLC, reach out to them for all your concrete construction needs, either TylerLafrada at gmail.com, reach out to him directly, or by phone, 330 330- 217-4999. That is 330-217-4999. As we said, a lot to get into this evening. The Indians have a new name starting in the 2022 season. The Browns have 75th anniversary jerseys and start training camp. The Cavs are almost on the clock, just a few days away and a couple picks away from being on the clock with the third pick in the 2021 NBA draft. The Olympics are going on. And, of course, your Cleveland Crunch are MASL2 champions, so we will be joined by a special guest at 730 midfielder, Sammy Mutemwa. We're really looking forward to all that. Of course, thank you so much for everyone tuning in. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at VTL underscore pod, at Kevin and Seven, at CLE underscore Paulus, at LPV Productions. And, of course, you can always find us on Facebook at Voice of Land and the lives will always go on Big Play's Facebook page and YouTube channel at Big Play Live and the audio for our buddy Anthony and all those others that only want to hear our voices and not see our faces during the week. Google, Spotify, Apple, all your favorite podcast platforms. But we got to get right into everything tonight because we are about 48 plus hours removed from Tom Hanks, the illustrious voice of Tom Hanks announcing that the Cleveland Indians will be known moving forward once the 2021 MLB season ends, wherever it ends for this team, they will be known as the Cleveland Guardians moving forward. And just to get things started right away, Peter, I'm going to start with you because during our pre-show meeting, You gave me a look that said you had a lot on your mind and Paulus put the brakes on it real quick because we always, anytime we get in these studios early, we always have these nice conversations that should be on a microphone and then we take up all of our takes. Well, and that's the thing. You always want to save it for the show. Right. Broadcasting school 101, boys, save it for the show. You may, Always. You may only use 10% of what you prep, but you better have enough to prep <laughs> and make it through, <laughs> make it the entire time you're on. But Peter, start with you first. When you first got the news, what was your initial reaction? And two days later, where are you at now? Well, <clears throat> let's see. My initial reaction was I, was I was disappointed. It wasn't the name I was hoping for. I mean, honestly... I was hoping that we wouldn't have to change the name. I love the Indians, you know, and I, I was talking about this this weekend. I said, I, like, I understand Chief Wahoo. I understand that icon, how that people can find that offensive. But the name Indians, I have that I struggle with. Mm. But, again, it's not my team. 
right. it's not my money paying for this. So um, I'm not a fan of the Guardians. Uh, I don't know. I It makes me think of Guardians of the Galaxy, first and foremost. <laughs> and then when I saw the logos, I was honestly, I was just, it just looks lazy to me. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it. I said online, I said, it looks like someone, like they woke up and they're like, oh, Oh crap! That that assignment's due tomorrow, you know. And they just they just erased the you know the beginning of the logo and been there, you know, done that. Yeah. Yes. Well, I think we all have. And it's oh, what day is today? Oh, oh my god! Oh no! That right. Was due today. Uh, yeah. It's just. So it, you don't like the split finger fastball look I, that they were going for? Is that what that's supposed that, to be? That is. That they're they're saying it's supposed to be because of the historical great pitching that you know the Indians have shown in the past. Wow. Yeah. wow. Right. Well, when, when, I'm telling when you, you. Yeah. When, when well, you got to explain the logo that much to me. Yeah. And I still don't I still don't see that. that you, and you know you can't have a logo that represents any sort of outfield success because <laughs> you, this, this organization is not known not for developing glo- outfield talent. It's not no, a glove. No doubt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Paulus, I mean, I know been posting, both of us have been posting yeah. a lot about it, but just – you're on air as this is as this is happening. That was weird, and yeah. and, and just because that know, never happens for us, right? You know, <laughs> yeah. it's always ten minutes after we finish the show. Is it me? No, it's not. It's not I mean, you. It's just the. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's just the timing of our shows. Is it Every, Peter? Is it Peter? It might be Peter. Okay, right. might be it's Peter. Probably. Oh, hi Peter. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> hey, what's up? <laughs> Didn't see you behind the proverbial <laughs> glass today, uh, but. Uh, it, yeah, so that was super weird. Obviously, I was on RBS filling yeah. in for Chris Oldak, and the news dropped at like 9.35 in the morning. And I look over at Tony, and, and you know, Tony Rizzo, famous, you know, I mean, he is Cleveland sports broadcasting, and he's just like, is this happening? Like, over the mic, is this happening? Did, did the Indians just change their life? I'm like, let me check. Yep. Yeah, and Tom Hanks of all actors, and we know you know he has yeah. uh, you know that that fandom. I, we saw, I believe he was with Stephen Colbert, uh, you know, a couple of years ago. Whenever he was uh, during the World Series run, and he was talking about his love and affection for Cleveland baseball and the Indians because this is where he got his acting credits from to start out with. Uh, I believe at the Lakewood Amphitheater, you know, theater, and uh, he was also on Playhouse Square, everything like that. But getting past all of that, it was cool to see that. I'm watching the video. We're playing the video as it you know as it's going, and I'm listening to it. I'm getting chills. I'm watching. I'm seeing Bob Feller throw a couple of balls. I'm seeing Kenny Lofting, you know, rob some catches, you know, or you know, rob some home runs, and then they go, "We are all guardians," and I go. Womp womp womp, <laughs> like anticlimactic, um, and and because I knew it was going to be Guardians, I had that gut feeling it wasn't going to be spiders. Too many people are afraid of spiders. You know, arachnophobia is a real thing God, for some people. God, God forbid we have a team that has a mascot people are afraid of right, right. something fierce. Right. Know, well, I mean, we do still have Slider. You know, we still have the the crazy purple alien out there, which is a little weird. But hey, man, lay off I me. Mean, it was his birthday. Hey, 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 I, you know, hey, I got love for Slider. I got love for Slider. No doubt. But it is weird. Yeah. It, it is weird to see Guardians. It's still in the script, you know, Indians logo, you know. It's right. like, it's. It, I don't like the swoosh underneath it because I look at it, I go, oh, Indians. I go, that's Guardians, you know. Yeah. And I hate the split finger fastball logo. I, I 100% agree. Mike Rizzo says that it was a U13 
uh, logo. I think it's a triple A, double A logo. Like, I see the rubber ducks and I go, that's a better mascot. Like, that's a better logo. And that's the rubber ducks. You know, like, that bothers me that we don't have a team like that. I think that they're going to change that logo eventually. Like, they have to. Uh, But as of right now, I think it was just, it's going to take some time getting adjusted to it. But I posted in 10 years, who the hell's going to care? Honestly, and, and like I had a lot of people, Peter, you will care, but like I think the majority, we all will grow here in 10 years and right. we're eventually going to start calling him the Guardians. It's going to come easier. Some people will be stuck in their ways and call them Indians, and that's fine. I want to be out here and tell everyone, like, if you still feel that way 10 years from now, that's okay. Like, that's your right. Yeah, I, that's still, your I gu- still call it the Jake. It, so, and you do, so like I called it the Jake for the longest time, mm-hmm. and then they were, and then progressive field. Like I'm now calling it progressive. Right. Whenever the gun changed the queue, I was like, I'll never call it the queue. That lasted like two years, and yeah. then I started calling it the queue. And now that it's Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, I'm still calling it the queue. I guarantee you, eventually, I'm going to start calling it the it's Romo me, Fijo even more. It's going to take me longer to, to transition from gun to Q. Right. Like, longer than it did from gun to Q than Q to Romo Fijo. Or, Rocket Mortgage I, Fieldhouse. Yeah, yeah, like, right, yeah. I was just there uh, a couple days ago. Yeah, SmackDown, for, right? Smackdown. Yeah. I think everyone was there except for me and Peter. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that was that was it. John Cena, you know, that, Pat McAfee was uh, awesome. Dude. I saw a clip of him. He, yeah. He looked he looked cool as hell. Well, I love Pat. They do the McAfee. Shout out, Pat. Yeah, they do the McAfee minute. Yeah, for just the crowd. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this the energy that he has. Like that was his calling. His after football calling. Yes, was WWE announcing. Just to no doubt. I mean, perfect fit for it. And I mean, it is funny at SummerSlam uh, when Cena came out. Michael Cole yells, "It's John Cena!" And you hear in the background McAfee go, "Where?" <laughs> it was so nice. Or, uh, sorry, uh, Money in the Bank, but still, I mean, yeah. they're on the road to SummerSlam, of course. But yeah, I mean, it was it was a good time there. But it's like I was telling people I'm going to SmackDown, and I'm saying I'm going to the queue. Like I'm yeah. going to the queue, like because I'll eventually transition, right? And I'll transition from Indians to Guardians. That might be a gun to queue type, yeah, type transition, transition because of. You know, you take off the I-N, you add the G-U-A-R part of it. Yeah. And now, you know, it's it just fits easily. I'm with Peter, though. It's it's lazy how they designed it. I was over the whole Agreed. Dis- dis- the discussion. Like, it was such good fodder for people to talk. Well, what's what's the name you want this week? What's the name you want this week? That got old, that got old fast. That got old really fast. and it, it Especially is, when they narrowed it down to the seven choices or right. whatever it was that they said like a month ago. Yeah. And they were like, oh, we narrowed it down from 1,200 down to, you know, these eight. And it's like, it, it was like, I can't even remember. It was, uh, it, municipals was up there, yeah. I believe. And uh, I can't even remember I mean, what I else. I know Spiders but, was up there and, yeah. you know, came down to the final two of Spiders and Guardians. Yeah. I knew it was going to be Guardians for a long time. It's just. It just feels lazy. The resident doctor of the show yes. said it looked like a U8 baseball team. She went from minor leagues to, yeah, down to right. U8. Yeah. People don't, don't know. The resident doctor of the show is my fiance, Jana Fenstermaker. Yes. Dr. Jana Fenstermaker. 
physical therapist. So right. um, she she mentioned that like as soon as I showed her the tweet from Mike about uh, or sent her what he said. Yeah. And she's like, more like you ate, but yeah, I mean, same, same, <laughs> it's, same. It's right there. Same, same pathway. And it it just it makes a lot of sense, or it's unfortunate because. Now, I saw a quote, and I, I don't know that it's actually what Paul Dolan said, whether in the press, the main press conference or in the one-on-ones about the company that they worked with to get these designs together being and the company being within their budget. But even if he didn't say that, that would be very apropos for <laughs> Paul Dolan and the Dolan family. Yeah. yeah. And they talk about the Guardians and, and how it's all intertwined with the Hope Memorial Bridge, which, of course, Bob Hope late legendary comedian his father was actually a construction worker on that bridge um and what bob hope meant for this area as well and still means mm-hmm. to people in this area and was a big indians fan and and by the way that uh that slab that they got you yeah. know the sandstone i believe it's from lakewood or menor it's it's, it's, it's from this right. area and cleveland loves things that come from here that are all yeah. intertwined here so i understand that fans said that but then they started talking about the Guardians and being intertwined in the history of baseball. The Indians have never been known – baseball in this town has never been known by Guardians. And Agreed. Like, the, the most I've ever heard the word Guardians is in this lead-up to getting a new name for the Indians. Mm-hmm. Nobody else talked about that bridge except for the Cavs doing their land jerseys for the city edition from Nike and LeBron right. having his special shoes, which I have, by the way. No one <laughs> liked those jerseys, though. No one liked those jerseys. Not a lot of people liked the shoes with that design on them. And now, like, a lot of people are all for the bridge being intertwined. Like, we're being named from a bridge. I understand the history. I'm not trying to offend anybody in Cleveland and how much it means. I love going across that bridge. I love seeing that. But you could have – I want to see history intertwined in my teams, but also some new age alternative elements built in. So then – Seeing the pictures of the logos on the uniforms and mm-hmm. the way that they adjusted the, the lettering for Cleveland and yeah. all of that stuff, and then the, the other logo, it just, it, I know some of that stuff takes time to get new uniforms together and everything, but to say how much time they worked on this and this is what you came up with, it's the end product that I take issue with feel like it's lazy yeah. and apropos to the cheapness that everybody talks about and I agree with of the Dolan family. So I agreed. It, it, like I think that it was cheap. I think it was lazy. I think it was rushed because Paul Hoynes came out the day before and said they locked it up. They right. know the name. And then you end up losing that game horribly right. you know, the, the following night. I literally think that they thought they could do a press dump you know, on a Friday, you know, Friday afternoon, just go, uh, we'll worry about this later because clearly they didn't have any product. You know, they, they right. didn't have any jerseys up or, or you know, available yep. for sale or, or anything like that. There's no merchandise for sale for it right now. And I guarantee you, had they waited until the end of the year, yeah. you would have seen, you know, the players wear the jerseys mm-hmm. and, you know, done the whole fashion show, which everyone does nowadays. Yep. We're going to get into that with the, you know, with the Browns. But I think it's one of those things where, they rushed it because they 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 saw the writing on the wall. Right. Hoinsey or someone of that nature was going to release its guardians. And they just wanted to get out in front of that. I respect that because you just want to you might as well take one to the chin. Just take it to the chin. Mm. You already know yeah. it's gonna be a bad choice, yeah. but 
you got to get it over with because you want to release the statement. If you release the statement, you control the narrative. Right. If Hoinsey releases it, then you're like, oh, yeah, maybe it's the Guardians. Mm. I don't know. Eventually in December, everyone's like, it's the Guardians, right? Yeah, it is. You just come out and say it. Well, and I, I think I they forced their they forced their hand. Hoinsey forced their hand. I will say, Nick, you're wrong. You can, you can get merchandise because if you don't like the Guardians name, go Ooh. to voiceoftheland.com oh. to your shop, and you can get the Cleveland baseball team yeah. t-shirt with the Voice of the Land logo on the back. So all of you fans of them naming do we, it the Do we got that picture? Do, I don't have the picture up Okay. Right now. No, no, and that's, and that's fine. We'll, we'll share it during the week. And, Guarantee and you we're going to be sharing that yes, big time. Yes. Yeah. And there's a new Voice of the Land shirt, too, with the, uh, the, the state of Ohio. There we go. It. There's some new stuff on there. Some other colors looks good. You can go for. Yeah, it looks damn Football good. Well done, Peter. Thank you. Absolutely. Football season coming up. Some colors that uh, you know you can rock the Voice of Land fandom and your Browns fandom at the same time. That'd be one heck of a way <laughs> to do that. We are going to hit a break real quick here on the Voice of Land. On the other side, we are going to talk Browns. Do want to clean uh, finish up the Indians talk just real quick? There was a report from John Morosi. Just want to touch on that roundtable quick. Discussion on that. You are tuned into the Voice of Land here on the Big Play Network. Welcome back to the Voice of Land here on the Big Play Network. And before we hit our break, we were talking about Indians being changed to Guardians moving forward. Of course, they are going to be known as the Indians the rest of this year. So this will be one of the last times you hear me using the word Guardians on this show. I will be referring to this team as the Indians for the rest of the year because they told us that's what they're going to be called. That's their name. So I'm just following... (laughs) <laughs> just following orders from the from the organization. But there was a report from John Morosi speaking of the Indians, losing five of the last seven, getting the ending uh, of the series to Tampa Bay. They did win today, three to two, but struggled in the rest of the series beforehand, was there last night for the game. Report that the Indians could be open to moving one Jose Ramirez, the big name that's on this team, that's left on this team, at a similar point. In the, in the contract that you and I got in a heated discussion over Francisco Lindor. Yep. Doesn't like to be called Frankie. I'll call him Francisco, and it's fun to say. <laughs> at this point, do either of you see that happening at the trade deadline? So I'm going to – this is a little contradictory because I don't want to trade him, even though I know this is his top – you know, trade value, and we're not a World Series contender. It's too hot in this studio for me to even get heated. I, I know, I know. I know. <laughs> oh, you said no. I and I, I very, I know, I know. very well. You know, know that that is contrary to what I said yeah. previously. However, Jose, I think truly wants to be here, and like we can re-sign him in two years or you know whenever his deal's up for a little bit less money. I think he truly loves Cleveland. Like Frankie was always going on to bigger and better things. Like I say bigger and better and he's barely hitting 225 in, in yeah. New York. You know, it, it is what it is, but I don't want to trade Hosey. I, I love Hosey. If they get an offer, you can't refuse. I'd understand. I'd be furious and pissed. Mm-hmm. Like don't get that twisted. I'd be furious. But if you got some sort of amazing trade value for it, I'd understand. I truly would understand. I'd be furious but I, I'd have to live with it. Right. Peter? I, I don't want to see them get traded, you know. But the way the Dolans are, if they can if they can maximize, you know, what they get for them, I think they're, you know. Yeah. There's – as much as I'd like to see the Indians get into the playoffs and do something this year, 
you know, the way they've been playing, it's they're gonna if they get to the playoffs, they're squeaking into the playoffs. Yeah, they the squeaks, they may, yeah. Also the squeaks, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the squeaky, the squeaks, right? And you know, I think they're looking at that, and if they if they get an offer that's you know that they can say, well, we're gonna rebuild again. Yeah, that's where we're at. I guess I'm gonna contradict myself a little bit as well. Back mm-hmm. to that heated discussion and if you want to you can go through i'm sure uh apple spotify google when we were only on audio you can that's find right. that and yeah. find those heated back conversations. at oms that's where it was yeah they don't happen as often as as other sports talk shows for a reason that's true for a reason but you brought up the point if they can maximize a deal if they get blown away with a deal yeah i just don't have confidence in that because the last couple deals have not really been they haven't maximized the deals that they've made yeah to trade away some of their stars and yeah i don't want to see jose go either as a fan we are realistic here on the show and we know that in a mid-market small market team those big names don't tend to stay around as often uh, especially with the lack of money and funds available or given to front office to pay for these guys or even try to pay for these guys and, and keep them here in town so I don't want to see him go, but the only way I say it's okay if you trade Jose Ramirez is if you get blown away with a deal yeah. that can help you in the near future and the distant future moving forward with prospects that almost ready or you know maybe even the above average MLB starter that we've always been looking for, even <laughs> in the outfield, we've talked about all the time. Yeah. Not all-star quality, not superstar quality, but you know, viable, available, and and if, consistent. If you're trading Hosey, though, you gotta get you gotta get right. bang for your buck because right. that dude is. I mean, he's been top five in the All Star. I'm sorry, in the MVPs. Mm-hmm. You know what? Three out of the last five right. years. So you gotta get a lot out of him. And and, and you said, and I I understand where you're saying. You know, we haven't gotten a lot of bang for the buck. You know, over the last couple of trades. I, I would say that we got a lot of we got a lot of bang for the buck for Corey Kluber getting you know Classe and I know Classe's had his struggles mm-hmm. here lately, mm-hmm. but I mean it, sure Kluber had the you know the no hitter right, but other than that and I say other than a no hitter other than a historical moment, uh, but Classe has been well above average you know therefore so I love that trade. I think the Lindor trade is still too early to tell yeah. here for us, but I agree. We we could have gotten so much more if we'd done that trade whenever we initially talked about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember the the trade to the Dodgers was on the table? Yeah, they, they eventually went with Mookie Betts and won a World Series, but they it, like they were going to give up every one of their prospects to get him, and you didn't jump on the trade. Then if it, that's the type of trade I'm saying, you can't pass up. If there's a trade like that out there, and I don't think that there is, but if there is one, you got to make that move, unfortunately. And you got to at least take the phone call, too. And yeah. all those pieces I mentioned, the above average starter right now, or and I, was, I may have said, or this, sure. or that. Yeah. I'm saying all of that. It's uh, got to be all agreed. together. I'm saying yes. you got to get all of that to be blown away yeah. with a trade. Of course, the trade deadline coming up on July 31st, the day before. Our next show, so we will have all of the trade deadline reaction, if there is any recapping yeah. for the Indians. Uh, we'll recap all of that next week, as well as the NBA draft, which we will touch on a little bit later in the show. Going from one team that may be get into the playoffs by the squeakiest of squeaks, squeaky squeaks, <laughs> to a team that on paper seems like they are a legitimate 
playoff possible Super Bowl contending team. The Cleveland Browns opening training camp this week. Uh, of course, rookies and quarterbacks reported, I believe it was yesterday or today, yeah. they were on the field working. Jeremiah Wusukoromoa, the linebacker, the rookie stud linebacker that everybody is kind of looking for to make some plays, yep. cover in this system, this 4-2-5 system coming up this season. On the reserve, NFL reserve COVID list, not sure if he is vaccinated and you know can test positive twice within a 24-hour period. Yeah or unvaccinated, he's going to have to quarantine for 10 days, depending on how much time he's going to miss. We'll find that out soon. OBJ, Baker have had their camps. Uh, love They love being out with the kids and right. getting involved. Uh, shout out to uh, Tyler, uh, you know, obviously mm-hmm. Tyler LaFrada, you know, one of the uh, DP construction business owner uh, there. Uh, his son, Mason, oh, wow. was, out, was out catching routes. Uh, he he uh, was donning a... Uh, uh, the the gold you know the uh, the blonde hair highlights mm. and had a mohawk going he was he looked good out there so you know shout out to Mason and Tyler yeah I gotta I gotta look at the go back to his Facebook page and look at that I've been too focused on posting oh, yeah. our uh, you know our Mrs. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Uh, yeah no that, Indian jerseys that awesome yeah. I love those yeah yeah so uh, got a couple of sweet ass pictures too I yeah. you know I love the the firework outline of it that that was pretty cool yeah shout out to the future awesome mother-in-law Janet Fenster there maker for some of those pictures and of course her brother uh Jana's brother's fiance Hannah okay. Anderson for uh the firework pictures as well nice uh so we got some we had some good photographers with the phone yesterday and some engagement photos we did a session on Monday so those uh will nice. be coming soon I keep hearing about that every time we're, <laughs> we're at home. But, of course, Browns Browns, who yeah. are looking to kind of make a date, set a date with the Vince Lombardi trophy themselves in February, they opened training camp and they unveiled their 75th anniversary throwback uniforms. Is there a storyline? We talked about some last week. Is there a storyline you're looking for, Paulus? And what do you think about those uniforms? Uh, first, I want to start off with the uniforms. Love them. Absolutely love them. I saw a lot of, I don't want to say hate, but a lot of people saying that they looked like the Bengals jerseys. Know um, your history. Yeah. You know, Bengals didn't start until, I believe no. it was 1967 or 60. Yeah, it was 67 there for us. And by that point in time, you know, the Browns were already, you know, in the league for, what, 21 years at that point in yeah. time. So, like, know your history. You know, go back, look at those uh, 46 jerseys. They looked awesome back then. They look awesome now. Love that. Only thing I wish, and we're not going to be able to get until next year, the white helmets. The white helmets mm-hmm. on that white jersey would look awesome. Awesome. I would love to see that. Unfortunately, we're not going to get it this year, obviously, due to some weird helmet by maker laws or something like that for the NFL. But uh, it, other than the jerseys, which they all looked awesome. Denzel, by the way, looks like freaking Deion Sanders <laughs> in, in that Jersey. Yeah. I love it. Uh, Miles Baker, Chubb, you know, Batonio even looks awesome for a big guy. Uh, so that's great. But the position battles, I was really looking forward to seeing JOK out there. Unfortunately, once again, the COVID situation mm-hmm. there for us really hurts his uh, beginning of his season here for us because the first couple of weeks is whenever they show you all the, ins- you know, all the installs and, you know, the, the defense itself, you know, like, right. you know, the base form uh, formations and stuff. And if he's not out there and he's only able to do it via Zoom, that's going to be a little bit of an issue. Uh, I think the secondary it looks, you know, that that's going to be interesting. Greedy and Greg Newsom battling for that number two uh, uh, spot. 
but just overall, I'm just excited to get back out there to see, you know, this team just being out on the field, being together, coming together as a team, yeah. as a unit, because we do have a Super Bowl. On paper, we have the talent to win a Super Bowl. Just a fact. You got to have the chemistry, though. Baker talked about it at, at his uh, presser, or I'm sorry, uh, his kids camp the other day. And then Odell said the only thing that's on his mind right now is a championship. And that's what you love to hear. Yeah, and Jarvis mentioned it at the softball game, too. Yeah. Do you like your players kind of just being open Absol- about that? Absolutely. Because there's always flack that are given to players when they're open about that. Sure. And, and, and I understand that people might have an issue with that, especially here in Cleveland, you know, with the drive, the fumble, like all of the yeah. bad crap that we've seen. I understand that. You can have the old Cleveland mentality. But this team, if, if healthy – this team can go as far as their quarterback right. and coach can take them. And I think that is all the way. It, it is. It is all the way. Um, now, of course, we are going to hit a break here. We'll, we'll kind of finish up the Browns discussion on the other Absolutely. side. Um, Sammy Mutemwa, of course, of the Cleveland Crunch, champions of the MASL2, will be joining us here in just one second. We are going to hit a break, and you'll get some more information on where you can find all of your Voice of Land gear, plus the new additions we talked about in the first segment. This is The Voice of Land on the Big Play Network. Welcome back to The Voice of Land here on the Big Play Network, and we are honored to be joined by midfielder for your MASL2 champion, Cleveland Crunch, Sammy Mutemwa. Sammy, how's it going this evening? Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me, Kevin. Of course, Sammy. Um, I mean, how's it feel? It's a, a week removed from winning the championship. You, you guys still celebrating, still kind of enjoying, enjoying life after kind of bringing the fourth one home? <laughs> yeah, um, obviously it's been a week, uh, but the celebrations are still on the way. Um, August 22nd, I believe, we're going to party even harder. <laughs> oh, is there uh, something you can announce here tonight, Sammy, or is that uh, still in the works? Can't uh, can't announce that uh, to the crowd just yet. Let me let me let me just let me keep that to myself, right? Uh, <laughs> hey, there we go. Nice tease. Yeah, I like that, yeah. Sammy. Nice. <laughs> we always like the tease in this business. <laughs> So, Sammy, just take us back kind of to the start of this. With the crunch coming back, how did you get involved with, of course, Luciano and Eric and the entire crew over there at the crunch? How did that process all come about for you? Oh, funny thing is I was having a conversation with Luciano the evening that we won the championship and we were just celebrating as a team. And he reminded me, he said, man, I've known you for 10 years. I was like, yeah, you've known me for 10 years. Um, so I've known him ever since I came to um, America. I'm from South Africa originally. Um, and from there, just met all these amazing individuals, all the players that are, are on the team I've either played against or played with. Um, and so when everything came together, we all knew that the group of guys that were, were on the team were solid players, players, um, and yeah, that's how it all got started. So when did you guys kind of know? And it seemed like the team came together and became a family. We talked with, of course, your goalie, Mario Musa, a couple weeks back about this too. But it just seemed like you guys came together like a family, like a brotherhood very quickly. When did you guys start to know something special was possible in season one? 
Oh, yeah. Uh, this goes, goes back to the, the whole history. Knowing each other for such a long period of time and knowing the talents, the innate talents or the obvious talent that was um, easily seen in all these players, it was easy just to join together. We, like I said, we knew each other 10 years ago. Some, some of the guys have known 12 years ago. You know, so just being together, you know, knowing these, like this guy is amazing. We know Mario Musa is like an amazing shot stopper, you know, ever since he was young. Um, playing with Admir or somebody like, uh, what are you, Mikey, you know, we played with each other for so long that coming together, it was so easy. Like we know how they play. We know how we played against them. So now just like connecting, building that bond, it was so quick because of that. And of course, that bond leading you guys to Wichita, Kansas for the MASL2 playoffs. Now, before we get to the championship game, of course, you guys had to get through the semifinal against Amarillo. And I don't believe you guys played Amarillo before um, in the regular season. What were, right. what were the conversations like heading into that game, heading into that semifinal? What was Coach Costello telling you guys as you guys got to Wichita? Well, Coach Lou, he he knows us very well. He's got so much faith in us, I'm telling you. He sees all of us and he's like, yo, you guys have this. Um, and since we did not play Amarillo, there was this intense nervousness that hit everybody. So um, going into that game, Sorry for the detail, but everybody just needed to take a little crap, you know? (laughs) (laughs) It was crazy. I was, like, feeling nervous. We've never played them before. Um, We know – I thought they beat Wichita before, and it was like, oh, man, what are we going to do? We hope we do not lose this game. Um, So (laughs) I found that pretty interesting. Uh, But once we got on the field and we saw what they're capable of doing – uh, and, and Coach Lou, like you said, like he, he had the, well, he has this undying faith in us and our ability that he was, he was so calm. And seeing that composure on him also somewhat alleviated our um, anxiety. And how, does, and how does that composure from your coach kind of emanate in the, in the locker room to you guys, knowing each other and knowing Coach Lou for so long, how does that just emanate through the entire group? It, it allows us, there's one thing, let me say this, there's one thing that I've noticed about um, certain coaches. There's certain coaches who lead by instilling fear. I've had that which uh, does not enable a player to be themselves or show what they have on the field, right? With Coach Lou and having that disposition, that calmness about him and that trust in us, um, it somewhat allowed us to be free to be ourselves, to play um, like we knew we could, uh, to communicate with each other as well as we've been communicating when we played against each other and when we played together. So that in itself was just so, it it became easier to deal with. And of course, you guys being able to beat Amarillo 12 to six, moving on to that championship game against Wichita, was there any sense or conversation losing to Wichita in the regular season? Was there any sense or conversation about let's try to 
avenge this one and, and that quest for four let's really conquer that in this game and it'll feel good beating Wichita who has already beat us this season so I don't want to don't want to come off as arrogant or anything but when we played Wichita um, we did not have our full team um, even coach Lou played I'm not sure if you guys knew about that too I did I did see him <laughs> I did see him in the in the stat book from from that game or at least name listed from that game yeah right so um, even without our full squad we gave them a difficult time they had the majority of their players already um, so coming into the game um, and also staying after our game against Amarillo uh, and watching Wichita uh, beat uh, Chicago it was like oh this is what they this is what they have this is what they're capable of it's nothing special from the first time we played them so there was an air of confidence, but there was still that nervousness because we did not have our fans. Uh, we had a few fans, by the way, with like 10, 20 people who came, and uh, they were just overshadowed by that crowd, you know? Mm. So, um, yeah, just, uh, I don't want to lose track of any thought, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm just getting lost right now. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Right. By repeating that question. <laughs> no, it's all right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, real quick. During the championship there for you, when did you guys know you locked it up? During the championship game? Yeah. Was there like a moment? Oh, yeah. So for me, there was a moment. Um, this is going to be, it's going to sound kind of contradictory, but the moment was when, the moment was when we, they scored the first goal. Uh, we were rotating lines, we were switching lines, and we were going on. And you just saw this composure on everybody's face. Nobody was panicking. We were just like, hmm, we're okay. We're okay, <laughs> you know? Um, and that was the moment. And it was like, oh, 1-1. One, one. Oh, 2-1. Oh, <laughs> okay, we're going into the next quarter. Let's win every quarter. There's uh, um, Bobby Chancha. He, he was saying... He was speaking. He was. He was really. Um, how do I? Say? He. He had this pride and this confidence in all of us. And he was saying like, "Fight for your brothers." You know that <laughs> we make fun of him by calling uh, everything, everything that we post, brothers. This that <laughs> like he incited that whole, uh, that whole thing, brothers. So there's that unity and brotherhood. You know. So, yeah, that was the moment. Just speaking with that confidence, um, having players who are already confident in themselves um, that inadvertently released this confidence on other players too. So yeah, it was awesome. And of course that that game was also a physical game as well. Do you kind of find your, find your game fitting more towards that physical style of the game? And I know you guys don't like to talk about your individual stats, but getting a goal in that game had to feel pretty good too, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 you know, um, about that goal, I was so mad uh, when I got home. Uh, my girl, she called me and she was like, wait, uh, they said number zero scored it. I was like, what? No. <laughs> <laughs> so when you say uh, we go crazy about the stats, uh, I'm not really crazy about the stats, but that game, it was just so, um, how do I say this? I don't want to say the refs were being biased, but they appeared to be biased. Uh, hey, you can say you I can say what you yeah. want. You locked it up we're, already. Yeah, we're we're not gonna get you in trouble. No. Don't worry. 
<laughs> we locked it up. You're right. Um, we were playing against the fans. Uh, their fans were chirping us too. Um, I don't know if you saw, but uh, one of uh, Mikey, he got a yellow card because one of the ladies was uh, uh, saying some nasty things toward him on the side. <laughs> I don't know what I can and cannot say, by the way. So I'm I'm very particular about my words. You, know? <laughs> you can say whatever you want. So, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it is all good. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. So um, yeah, yeah. Playing against the fan, playing against the refs, um, and then like playing against the other players too, who were being physical against us. We not getting the calls. Uh, there was just this, I don't know, this sense of panic that actually set in. You know, um, but at the same time, we were still up by five goals, but we still had that sense of panic, you know, but the individual stats, like you're saying, um, some, when I scored that one goal, I was in awe. I was like going crazy. Um, but any other, whoever else scored, I did not care about, <laughs> you know, as long as we were doing it for the team. Yeah, and I mean, you guys celebrated each other's goals too. Like everybody was going crazy as if they celebrated, as if they scored themselves. And of course, fans back here that weren't able to get to Wichita, Kansas, they were going crazy. Twitter was a buzz all night long during that game, and after, and a couple days later as well. Now I asked Mario this the last time he was on, and that was before you guys went to the semifinal. And I didn't want to get too ahead of ahead of the game. But I asked him what would it mean to him and to this team to bring another one back to this area and with the organization being the Cleveland Crunch coming back. Now that the championship and you've had a week to think about it, what does it really mean to you guys to bring it back to this area? Um, in relation to um, like the Lake Erie Monsters, I, I believe, did they bring something back? They want something? The, sure. uh, yeah, they, um, they, they won the Cauldron Cup, yeah. Yep. Right. And then, um, you know, what do you call the Cleveland Cavaliers also brought the championship back here. Um, <laughs> so what I've noticed about the land, you know, everybody really loves championships. Um, <laughs> when we won the championship, it was like, yo, we are bringing something back to the land. Um, the painful part about being part of the land it's uh it feels as if though no offense but the city does not really support soccer culture um for the longest time there's been so many great players that have come through to cleveland and nothing like a professional indoor arena has been formed or something to um appeal to the desires of all these great players that have come all these great players that we've played against you know, and we've seen them leave to different countries, different teams, everywhere, you know? Um, so, like, winning something, it's like we're proving something to not just ourselves, but to the land. Like, hey, wake up. There is a, there's so much potential in this area. So the championship is more than just a victory for ourselves. It's like a victory for Cleveland. So would you say, Sammy, that championships like this from the Cleveland Crunch and the rich history of the Cleveland Crunch can help grow the soccer community, even though it is, there is a nice soccer community here in Cleveland. Do you think that this city has the potential to really take this sport on and evolve it and its fandom here in America? Oh, 
absolutely. Just like, the, like I said, I came here in 2010, um, then I left in 2012, and then I came back in 2015. And the raw potential, you know, speaking from the experience of playing, coaching, um, the raw potential that's in Cleveland, it needs to be acknowledged, you know, and brought up even more. So I hope this is this championship is going to do that. Well, I can tell you what, this city is, there's a lot of people, and maybe it's not as, as well seen, but in my soccer circles on, on social media, it is. It's, it's starting to grow. It's starting it, it to is. grow. And the summer of soccer, of course, right now that we're, we're in the midst of with Euros and Copa America, now the Gold Cup going on, and a lot more people getting into it. I'd say you're right, Sammy. I think this area and this country, it's still in its evolution phase in this sport. I, I would love to see it. I'm going to champion for it all I can to get soccer into the mainstream as well. Uh, but, uh, you know, Sammy, are you sure, before we get you out of here, you know, are you sure you can't share anything about August 22nd? <laughs> You're really trying to milk some information out of me, huh? You know, I, th- I thought, you know. You broadcasting know, <laughs> school is really paying off. You know, hey, I thought, you know, good conversation. <laughs> Cleveland Crunch, Voice of the Land, got a good partnership going on. You go. know, figure we... we Maybe maybe some down the line. I'll talk to Lucci about maybe you know breaking some some of that news later on when they're when they're ready to here on the Voice of Land. But Sammy had a lot of fun. You're welcome on here anytime. Any of your stuff Absolutely. that you're doing to help the youth because I saw um, you working with Auto Orphan with Heart First uh, Heart and Soul Futsal as well, right. uh, the academy. So anytime you want to come on and talk about that and how the youth in this area can get involved, uh, talking to the parents and stuff, you're more than welcome. But had such a pleasure here tonight, Sammy. Thank you very much for having me. I'm very honored. Absolutely, Sammy. Thank you, Sammy. Go Crunch, and we look forward to that celebration August right. August 22nd. You have a wonderful night. All right, Sammy. Go Crunch. Go Crunch. <laughs> Good night. All right. Thank you so much to Sammy Mutemwa, midfielder from the Cleveland Crunch, joining us here this evening. We are going to hit our final break on the other side. We got a little draft, Cavs draft preview to get into, and then top three-ish Olympic sports to watch as the Summer Olympics have officially kicked off in Tokyo, Japan. You're watching and listening to The Voice of Land on the Big Play Network. Welcome back to our final fun segment here on The Voice of the Land. Kevin Arnold alongside Nick Paulus and Peter Tellup had such an amazing time in that last segment with Sammy Mutemwa. Again, like I said, he's welcome on here anytime. Any crunch player, any of the front office. No doubt. Great guys, yeah. Yeah, and looking forward to hopefully being a a part of with them, of course, with LPV, myself, maybe working with Munch, uh, the, the true voice of the crunch. I can't. I Munch. can't. I, I will never call myself the voice, just kind of filling in for that, in, at least in the crunch terms. I'll, I'll call myself a voice on this show, but never Absolutely. with the Cleveland Crunch, because Mark <laughs> Munch Bishop, uh, legendary radio broadcaster and voice of the crunch here in the city of Cleveland. You know, it was an honor to fill in for him, but hopefully working with them as a show and LPV Productions working with them yep. moving forward into their next season. You know, Quest for Five starts maybe my start in a few months. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. But such a fun time with Sammy. To, from the Cleveland Crunch, who just won a championship, to a team that he mentioned, the Cleveland Cavaliers, who had their championship had a big impact on this town, ending a 52-year drought, and now kind of in a rebuilding phase. And Kind of? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I say that just because they say that they're – they're trying to expedite the process, right? But yeah, I would. Of real, course, they would. Realistically, it's gonna take a, it's gonna take a while, but 
you know, Kobe, sorry, I gotta gotta give you the voice of the voice of reason too, you know? Gotta I'll, call it. You know, gotta call it like we see it here on the show. But of course the draft is coming up on July 29th, and questions are who are they gonna pick with the third pick? We feel like number one is penciled in for the most part to Detroit. Cade Cunningham out of Oklahoma State. Right. So that leaves the the next big three on the board. Jalen Green, Jalen Suggs, and Evan Mobley. Talk is and on the ESPN's kind of mock draft special with Woj and all their all their cast of characters earlier today. Woj was saying that the Cavs would love the idea of Mobley, Evan Mobley pairing with Jared Allen and being able to keep him around. Uh, there's also reports of the Cavs being one of five teams that have reached out to the Philadelphia 76ers about Ben Simmons. And Jonathan Gavoni of ESPN also said that the Cavs might try to jump back into the top 10 this year. So much going on. How much of it is just smoke? How much has, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. Right. Quickly, because we'll, we'll do more of a recap. It's so hard to tell with these things. Yeah. It's going to be – It's going to. Who be, knows if, if they're even going to pick at three. Right. 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 And if they do, Houston's going to – have a lot to say in that as well. So there's still a lot to figure out as we get down. There's going to be a lot of reports over the next four days. But if you had to make a make a choice right now or, or basically make a prediction at this point, mm-hmm. who is that pick, assuming that one of those guys at least is there? I don't think you can go wrong with either, and you're going to have the option at one of them, obviously, is mm-hmm. you know, Mobley or Jalen Green. I don't think you can go wrong with either of them. Personally, I'd rather have green because, and like, I'm not a huge draft expert or or anything like that. The NFL draft is where like my main focus is whenever it comes to prospects there for us. But that being said, everything that I've checked out about Jalen green seems like he's a stud and, and Mobley has that stud potential as well. But I feel a little bit more comfortable going with green. If he's a bit, if he's available, I personally think that Mobley is going to get picked up by the Rockets because they need a big. Yeah, they they absolutely do. They they need someone that can sort of stretch the floor there. I think that that would be the perfect fit, seeing as they have KPJ uh, as well as John Walls on the team. Like they they got some solid backcourt players already, so you might as well go with the you know the guy in the front court. I think that that's what they're going to do, which leaves Jalen Green to the Cavaliers. I think that is the best-case scenario for the Cavs. They they are saying, however, Cade Cunningham, Mobley, or Green would all be number one picks in any draft. You know, like, that's pretty much what it's coming down to. I think Jalen Green, though, has that chip on his shoulder. He's already come out and said it, that if, if he would have played in college, he would have been the number one pick. He ended up going to the G League because, you know, he wanted to get paid. I don't blame the kid for that. Right. You it, know? It's, the option's open. The option, it. It, now it's in the name, uh, image, and likeness exactly. in the NCAA. The and he would have made, ba- made bank there. So, like, I think, like, for me, it's Green. I'm a sucker for a guy that has a chip on his shoulder. So is Cleveland. Exactly, you know? and that's that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and not to say that Mobley might not have that, right? But because I mean, we just saw Giannis pick 15, who was a skinny dude that had to bulk up, and he eventually became an MVP. I'm not saying that's going to be Mobley, but it might. You know, like you never yeah. know. He's a seven foot dude that you know can that has you know the low post potential, but as well can shoot the rock a little bit. I kind of like that. But once again, Jalen Green, from everything that I've heard, dude has a chip on his shoulder. They're saying that he could put up Kevin Durant-like sort of numbers. Mm-hmm. That's a little much, but I would love to see that happen. 
Peter, any any sense of is there a, is there a name? <laughs> Peter's like ah, I don't know. Is there yeah. is there a, you know you're not too fond of the name Guardians over Indians? Is there a name Mobley Green Suggs that you like more? Is there than one that looks awesome? Yeah. You guys know how much I follow basketball. So right, I, I know, I know. That's why we're saying this in so, just. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, wasn't, I, wasn't I like I like Nick's. You know, Nick's responses. Yeah, answer was go. good. I mean, there we go. Yeah, yeah. A, yeah. I, and he's, you're right. We like guys with a chip on their shoulders. Guys with something. They got something to prove. Yeah. Yeah. We love Baker Mayfield, don't we? Yeah, we do. Dude has everything to prove every weekend he goes out there. Yeah, so he does. and still and still feels like there's even more to prove after he's proven. The one question that's leading into each game week. It, yep. It's question after question and answer after answer <laughs> so far for Baker Mayfield. We hope that continues. Knock on wood, right. I, if it's, I'm just feeling like it's Evan Mobley. Okay. With, but maybe I'm buying too much into that being so out there right now. It's so tough to tell the timing of when these things come out. Is it just what a team's trying to get out there to get a guy taken before they go, so a guy falls to them. Sure. It's the same thing, NBA, NFL, even though, you know, the types of draft, the, the levels of talent, how when it drops off, completely different. But the those chess games that they play in the front offices are all are all the same. I'm thinking Evan Mobley, though, because it's the name I hear the most. Yeah. And I'm fearing that, and I don't know You're what. fearing it, really? Like, I'm not liking it. And I don't know why, because it has nothing to do with Evan Mobley, because sure. I actually like Evan Mobley's game. Mm-hmm. But it's it's the look of a guy like Jalen Green on the wing, a guy that can can defend but also can get his and get yeah. other guys theirs out there from the wing position. Because you got your defend like your main defender, and if you got some decent defenders around, it makes those that shell of the other four makes those shifts a little bit easier right. around around the key and around the perimeter. It, the more good defenders you have out there, the easier it makes it if you got to switch on a screen or, or anything like that. Yeah. I'm just I, – I want a wing guy. We're going for another center that Woj was saying earlier can develop a three-point shot in a couple years – kind of need that, you know, that three, the, the guy that can step out and shoot the three now, pairing him with Jared Allen, how's it going to work? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the Colin Sexton, Darius Garland, not seeing that coexist just yet in the in the backcourt. Yeah. And then trying to do something similar with in the front court, like two big centers and trying to shift them around. Maybe that's where it's coming from. But I like Evan Mobley. So if they make the pick, I'm not going to be upset about it. It's just right now. You know, it, it doesn't hit me right, but I don't like that it's not hitting me right. Right. Like said, it feels like, weird. Yeah. It feels like that awkward stage yeah. where we have no idea what's going right. to happen here by Thursday. I'm honestly, I'm fearing that we're going to try and trade to get Ben Simmons. Like, that's my biggest fear. Like, yeah. Evan Mobley, Jalen Green, honestly, even Jalen Suggs. Like, Brian Windhurst, now he's he even says himself mm-hmm. he is not a draft expert, but from the people that he listens to, he says that Jalen uh, Jalen Suggs is like the next Chris Paul. I'm not saying we're going to get Jalen Suggs, but if we traded down, and I would be furious mm-hmm. if you trade down from three because you lucked into that pick. Yeah, there's yep. there's not a lot of that talent gap between Kate Cunningham and the next three, but exactly. after that, if you trade out of that spot. Agreed, agreed. Oh. But they are saying that Jalen Suggs is like the next Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. I love Chris Paul. Right. But he doesn't fit with the Cavs right now. Like right. like you already have Dar- you already invest in Darius Garland. Like mm. you're you're trying to trade, you know, Colin Sexton or you know that that looks to be the case. 
I just don't like that. Like, get me Jalen Green, a dude that can shoot, a dude that can make his shot, that can create on his own. I want that. Like, even if you have to trade Colin Sexton, I'm not a proponent to do that because I love Colin Sexton. Right. We all know this. You know that. Yeah. I like. We, we love. Voice him. of land is Colin Sexton. We are pro stands. Colin Sexton. Right. Uh, but if you did move him, I'd be understand. I, I'd understand that because he got Jalen Green. Now, if you get Evan Mobley, that means that you keep Colin Sexton and you keep Darius Garland. You let that budding relationship grow, and then you have the two towers. You know, then you got Jared Allen, who we've already made a restricted offer to. Like he's he's gonna stay here. He's mm. gonna sign some big money. Yeah, he he is. Yeah. But then that means that you have to nail this Mobley pick. Mobley has to hit, yeah. or or this is the biggest fail. In, in recent Cleveland sports draft history, therefore, you got to nail this pick, Kobe. And that's what I'm a little worried about. But I'm even more worried about the fact that we are talking about trading to get Ben Simmons, who I don't like at all. Like, I, I understand he's a three time, you know, uh, all star in the guy's, you know, defensive player of the uh, defensive player of the year material. Yeah. There we go. He was second. He's second. And like, he's, he's a good defender. I'm not saying he right. isn't, but like, if you only take three shots in a series in the fourth quarter, you made all three. I don't know why you didn't shoot more, you know, or, or you know, make more layups. The fact that you got the ball down the low post, no one's around you, and you pass it out because you are terrified of taking that shot, that would piss me off more than anything that we do. Like, even if we trade down, I can live with that. If you trade down and you get Ben Simmons, I would be furious because yeah. I can't stand Ben Simmons. Like, I just don't like him right. personally. Like, I, I in, in that contract, oh, my God, that contract is awful. He still has, like, $140 million left. If you thought, you know, or, uh, Kevin Love's contract was bad, look at Ben Simmons. You're going to owe him $45 million a year here eventually. Screw that. If Kobe wants to keep his job, don't become known for the team that takes on every single bad contract. Makes right. them and takes them on. Right. Absolutely. Now, Matt Fontana, of course, at ESPN Cleveland as well, saw the tweet. I think it was Evan Dramill uh, tweeted that and that they're one of the teams yeah. uh, interested in uh, in Ben Simmons. And he's one like, of the five, I believe. One of the five, yeah. And I think Pacers were involved, a couple of our teams. Let him go there. Yeah. Fontana's like, who says no? I responded by saying, I do. I know I don't matter. I, know, I do. <laughs> I know my my no means nothing to Literally them. Literally nothing to any of us. But it's right, going to mean right. something to everybody tuning in to this show, whether Absolutely. you're looking at me or listening to me. Yes. And it's it's not as personal on Ben Simmons because as a basketball fan, I, I hope he can turn things around because of the talent he came in this league with sure. and what he can do on the floor as a playmaker and as a defender. This is not the place for a reclamation project, though. Agreed. He is a huge reclamation project. When you're trying to build a culture, if he doesn't get it right and continues to just be afraid of the moment, then you're destroying any sense or ability to build a culture here. You're trying to get rid of the culture issues in your, in your building, in your locker room not bringing more in. And that's not to say that I think Ben Simmons is a bad guy. He's just got a lot to do to reclaim his career and yeah. rebuild his career. This is not the place for it in the standing that the Cavs are in. I, I agree. I also don't like the fact that Stephen A. had that report out, you know, uh, about a month ago now, I think, mm. 
of him saying that he that he's not the world's greatest teammate. He doesn't listen to coaches. Right. He has his family all around him, which in most cases you're like, hey, you know, he's a family guy, everything like that. No, he has his family around him because they don't tell him no. That's not the type of dude that I need right. on this team, especially whenever you're trying to create a culture. We need veteran leadership in here. Like, We're never going to get a Chris Paul here. Like like right. that sort of right. Hall of Fame it. vet, but you can get a Richard Jefferson. You can get a Channing, you know, a Channing Fry in here. Someone that has that vet experience, that has that, you know, dog sort of mentality. Ben Simmons doesn't have that in my book. I, I look at Ben Simmons and I go, "You have talent. Why aren't you working on your shot? How are you shooting twenty seven percent from mm. the free throw line?" Like, I. It's terrible. I don't need that on my team. And I understand the reason why he's not playing for Australia right now is because he says he's working on a shot. I'm sorry, dude. I saw you at Wimbledon kissing up on your girl. Like, I'm sorry. You told me you were going to be in the gym. Why are you in England? It, like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I don't need that sort of dumbassery on this team. You know, and I know I just created that, which I might you know, copyright that. But it, it just, we may I, have to get Gerard's drop of is that a word is on the show too? Now. We, we might need to, but I just I shout don't, out Gerard. <laughs> yeah, shout out Gerard. Uh, I, I just don't need that, you know. Yeah. And I think we're in agreement with that. Yeah, we're in agreement because yeah. what do we say about the Browns going into last season? I don't care what you say. You got to prove it on the field. Agreed. We're not picking them in the opener. Not because we're not Browns fans, mm-hmm. but because we need them to prove, prove it. it on the field. You can talk all you want, but if you can't walk, I don't I don't want any of it. Yeah. And if he's just going to say he's going to work, but he's not going to put it in, that's going to trickle down to everybody else. And someone that's not like that their family's not saying no or he doesn't say no to his family. No, no, it, it's it's his family doesn't tell him doesn't no. Doesn't tell him no. Yeah. So like he does whatever the hell he wants. Right. So you want a guy in here that is again leading by example, doing the extra work. And yep. also telling, like, then telling guys to do it because now they've seen you do it. Yep. They're tell them what you expect of them that you are willing to do. If Ben Simmons comes in and tells Darius Garland, "Yo, you got to get in the gym. You got to work on work on this. This is how you can become a better defender." Yeah. And then he never sees Ben Simmons coming in the building to working on what needs to be reclaimed in his career yep. or rebuilt in his career. The message goes moot, mm-hmm. and the whole culture being built comes crumbling down before it even gets any sort of uh, structure underneath real foundation. Real quick, the veteran sort of leadership that I'm talking about that we need, you know, I, I brought up RJ and, mm-hmm. you know, Channing. You need someone in here that, you know, so if you want a reclamation sort of project, look at Julius Randle yeah. uh, of the Knicks. Yep. Okay. Dude was at the Lakers whenever Kobe was there, and Kobe taught him everything he knew basically, but it took him a couple of years to understand, like, you got to be the first one in and the last one out. And it took him a couple of years. He finally found it. He found it in New York. Now he's preaching Kobe-esque material, saying, I'm here, you know, if the game's, if it's a one o'clock Sunday, you know, afternoon game, he's in there by like 6 a.m. Yep. Like he's pulling the Kobe stuff after the game. He's still shooting a thousand shots. That's the type of player that you want in here. And that's the type of player that we have in Colin Sexton. 
I, I truly believe that. That's why I don't want to ship him off anywhere right. because he is part of the solution. I truly believe that. It's not his fault. He's the best player on the team, and your best player or should be best player who's making $120 million doesn't give a damn about anything and has no heart, Kevin Love. Like, I have an issue with that. You need to bring in guys that have heart, leadership material, and that want to work their asses off. Ben Simmons has none of that in my book. I don't need Team USA. Oh, I need teamwork. <laughs> there we go. Not, nice. I like that. Because you're seeing all of the stuff that we're talking about that, you, that we don't want going on with Team USA right now, and it is, that's an embarrassing conversation that can go down a, like a whole other long path that we don't have time for tonight. Yeah. We'll see after one game in pool play where they go, and we'll talk more Olympics as we go forward. But not Team USA mentality, teamwork. And you said first one in, last one out. We see it from the outside looking in as cliches. If guys are actually having the mindset that we see as a cliche, they, tra- they translate that to a mindset and live it. Yeah. I want that in my team and the players that are built together and grow together, just like the brotherhood that was formed to win that Cleveland Crunch championship yeah. this past season and many more hopefully coming down in the future. We'll do, like, maybe a longer top three or something of the Olympics of what you're seeing currently, but quickly, rapid fire. Favorite Olympic sport outside of the main ones that you don't get to watch all the time? So, I mean, are we talking, like, main ones like basketball? and Yeah, you know, like, basketball, like, of course, baseball's in, sure. in the Olympics. Right, that, softball, I believe, as well. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, those ones. I'm going to go with track and field. It, it, it has to be the 100, you know, the I love the 400 meter. Uh, like oh, the 400 meter dash, it, I I heard you listening to the you know I believe it was 2016 or 2012, uh, Usain Bolt. Yeah, it was the four by one. Yeah, USA. I love. I wa- I was watching that earlier too. Like yeah. it, it was it was it was trending. So like I love any of those races just to see someone go from one to a hundred. You know, like mm. like that quickly. I love all of that. And the relay is awesome because you just see those dudes just like sitting there waiting, waiting, yeah. waiting. And then as they're getting like, you know, within 10 meters, boom, they're off. And then you got to catch up to them, give them the baton, and then they're off and run. I love that. That is awesome. Peter? You know, I do like the track and field. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on there. I, I was fortunate enough to go see some of the track and field qualifying down in Atlanta. Really? In yeah. Okay. Um, so that was, that was kind of neat. Uh, but... I've been catching a little bit of the Olympics here and there. And sure. honestly, like today, I watched the uh, women's fencing, the foil. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, where we, they, we won the gold medal. We did. Yeah. Nice. Yes. Okay. And, you know, it's an interesting sport. I don't really understand it, but it, it was sure. really kind of neat, you know, trying to listen and trying to learn how that works. Yeah. And then one that I thought was really kind of neat, I think is a new one this year, is the skateboarding. They had the, uh, they doing the, like an X game sort of thing. Yeah, street. Yeah, it was like a. They had a str- men's street skateboarding, and they had like the um, the rails and the steps. Okay, and, and that was you did, know. Did I see some guy get nut crunched? Uh, I didn't I, see that, but it, so I would. But I would. I not saw doubt one. It. I saw I, something <laughs> trending. I wasn't sure if that was it or if it was like an X Games thing. Oh. I think the nut crunch was yeah. in the X Games. There okay. was a guy today that. Like slid off his board and it was like it was his hip or his side Ooh. went into the rail. Yikes! But I like seeing the X Games kind of infused into okay. the Olympics. Yeah. Like, I was watching it with I was watching it with Joe and it was funny because he's normally he doesn't watch a lot of sporting things okay. and he was sitting there and he goes, you know when they 
when they first do it, it doesn't look like they're really doing much. He goes, but when they do it in slow motion, you really see yeah. how like that's true, how crazy it is, and it is. I mean, I see the guy go down the rail, and it's like, okay, cool, and then they slow it down. It's like, oh, he's doing like a two seventy flip, and this, <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, and a bunch of words I don't know what they mean, but it's, it is <laughs> really loop? fun to watch. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah, and that's why the events with any judges in them, like I'm pretty sure they're what they're doing it real time for the most part. Most sports, I, I'm not gonna not gonna shoot from the hip on that one as they, right. as they say but um you know they're watching in real time but when you get to the replay like there's something that you missed that could have been like that extra little point or maybe that extra deduction that's the difference between one and two or one and three yeah in the in the standings and it's cold silver and bronze right i mean I, there's a lot of sports that i like watching and it, it I like having the Olympic channel because I can, you know sure. if i'm in the mood you know just can watch them you know like because they're playing throughout the year like mm-hmm. badminton and that goes crazy. Yeah, I love watching that. But swimming is is kind of the. I still swimming's conne- a good one. Yeah, is still the connection to that sport. And yeah, you know the name Michael Phelps, and maybe the average fan only knows the name Michael Phelps. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, you know the um, Russian Olympic Committee contingent that's there, the yeah. Australians, the uh, even France and Italy. They churn out really, really good swimmers, and, and the name right now. And it's cool to see Katie Ledecky yeah. on the women's side. But, like, she she is the swimming superstar. Not just the female swimming superstar. She is the swimming superstar right now. Yeah. The person to kind of get to the TV to watch. And then you start to see everybody else and, and, the, and the rivals and how close these races are. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, even in swimming, the relays are are intense. I still, I still have the image in my head when Phelps was going for the eight golds in the 100-meter butterfly, his specialty – out touching, I think a guy from Hungary, yeah, by one one hundredth yeah. of a second to win gold. So I remember that night. I believe that was Beijing. I think so. I, I think believe it was two, yeah, two thousand eight. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I was working at Rita's Italian Ice. That was like my first okay. job. It was a couple. I was there for a couple of years, mm. and that was a seasonal job. But it was it, always a fun time. It was great. Uh, a lot of fun back then, but. Uh, I remember I covered a shift that night because the girl that wanted to go, huge swimming fan. She was like, oh, my God, I got to I gotta see this. I got to yeah. see this. And I was like, okay, it's Michael Phelps. Like, I get it. You know, yeah. so, like, I, I sent her home early. And then to find out that he won by one one-hundredth of a second, I was like, I hate you. <laughs> like, 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 that would have been awesome to see yeah. live and to hear about it, like, on SportsCenter that night. I'm like, damn it. Like, that yeah. would have been cool to see. But, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean – you know, it's it's always those moments that you find out later, like you had a chance to be a part of, and then like something special really yeah. happens. You know, I'm I'm hoping Emmett, Emmett Golden, our friend of the show and from ESPN mm-hmm. Cleveland as well, doesn't doesn't regret leaving SmackDown early on on Friday night because there was a it was a heck of a you know nostalgia esque six man tag. Yeah. At the end, Cena uh, paired with Rey Mysterio and his son to oh, go wow. against uh, you know like like the current face and the heel sure. uh, Roman Reigns and his, his cousins. But like that was a that was like a heck of a moment to see. That was off air too. Okay. So like it wasn't even on TV. So that wow. was uh they did Cleveland well. Even though it was gonna be a split show, I'll say WWE did Cleveland good. well. And the Olympics, good to see that they're going on with COVID right now too. And we'll we'll talk more about them. Maybe some of our favorites of what we get a chance to watch over the next week. But that is gonna do it for this edition of the Voice of Land, this hot and sultry <laughs> studio <laughs> a version. <laughs> of the voice land i don't even know how we're still on air because they, i'm just about like, to pass out yeah no i'm about doubt. to pass yeah. out but 
for Nick Paulus and our producer extraordinaire, Peter Tellup. I'm Kevin Arnold. Next week, of course, we will have our draft and NBA draft review and MLB trade deadline review show, along with some Olympics talk next week and Browns training camp storylines, all of that to come next week. But until then, remember, don't let anyone ever tell you it's just a game. And we love you all 3,000. We will see you all next week.